Hi, I'm Tom Forrest. Some of you may know me from my Chasing the Blues podcast. I'm a Connecticut-based Blues Hall of Fame musician, and today I'm changing my hat just a little bit. I am honored to be asked to host the Palace Theater's Concert Conversations, a new podcast debuting with this edition and presented by Ion Bank. Its focus is on Connecticut musicians, some who've played the Palace Theater and others. I'll be talking to our musicians based in Connecticut, doing some really great music. For those of you who are not familiar with the Palace Theater, it's a magnificent 2,600-seat theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. It was built in 1922 by theatrical empresario of the day, Sylvester Z. Poli and is one of the grandest, most ornate theaters you'll find. It has been fully restored to its original grandeur, and until the pandemic offered nationally touring Broadway shows, music and comedy headliners, family entertainment, and a lot more. In fact, I was introduced to the palace when I was invited to be the first presenter of their second act series, and shared my own journey to becoming a full-time musician at the age of 57, after saying goodbye to corporate America. But that isn't the story I'm focused on today. Today I'm talking to someone whose own story has some parallels to my own, and that's Craig Porter. Hey, Craig, it's great to have you here today. Hi, Tom. Great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to have you. Craig is a Senior Vice President and Marketing Director of Ion Bank, the sponsor of the Palace Theaters, Concert Conversations podcast, and Craig is also on the board of the Palace Theater, and he chairs uh, the marketing committee. So, Craig, you you're a pretty busy guy all all along, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I've been uh, with the Palace Board now for uh, just about eight years, and with Ion Bank coming up on ten years now. And actually, the the music part of it. Um, goes back, I'd say, about 15 years now, so kind of predates both the Palace and Ion. Okay, so so this is, this is and, and, and this is where everybody has to understand, there are so many people out there that do music as uh, an avocation, uh, which I know that you say that that's kind of what you've done. And it's a very interesting thing because if, if you think about musicians, sometimes you can get an idea about, you know, kind of the hippie guy, the lazy guy, uh, you know, the guy that does a little too much, uh, you know. Uh, and I, I know that that can't be you. So kind of give us an idea of how you see yourself fitting into this world of creativity and music. Sure. Well, I've, I've always uh, been musical. I come from a musical family, both my brother and my mother. Uh, so I was encouraged early on um, to, to play an instrument. Actually, my younger sister also played. Um, so we were all in band, you know, going through school and things like that. But then when college came along, you kind of put that aside. Um, but I was actually a drummer um, through high school with, with a friend of mine. Um, we grew up in Cheshire together and we both played drums. We actually had lessons back-to-back from the same instructor, and uh, years later, my friend the drummer was still um, playing, and he actually met uh, our guitar player through their corporate workplace, 
and gave me a call and said, hey, we need a bass player. I know you were playing guitar a little bit, fooling around with that, and you used to play drums. How about uh, taking up the bass? And when he first said it to me, I was in my prime mid-30s, and I thought, well, it's kind of late in life to be forming a band, but it was something we'd always kind of joked about and talked about with our love of music and going to concerts and things like that. So I think initially I turned him down, but after about a week or two of listening to bass players on the radio, turning the bass way up in my car, I said, geez, I could probably do this. Maybe we could pull it off and have some fun. And that's how it started out. It really just started out as kind of a, a basement thing with uh, three guys that were from corporate America. So uh, the band is made up of, I'm, I'm guessing, drums, bass, and guitar? It is, and then we've had kind of a, uh, a rotation of singers through the years. Um, you know, it's it's tougher, as you know, with a professional life when you have a full-time job and family commitments and kids. Everybody's kind of in different places with what they can do. And, you know, to to put on a show, or we actually did put out a CD, and to do that kind of thing takes some time and dedication. And it's not always easy to keep the same group together for that long, but the core three of us on bass, guitar, and drums have been the same for 15 years now. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's it's hard to keep a group together of professionals. Uh, trust me, <laughs> it's it's about the worst marriage you could possibly ever describe. That's, that's a band. <laughs> it's true. That's very true. <laughs> Uh, it's it's everybody's emotions hanging out, and every time you 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 you're question something, you're you're calling somebody's baby ugly. <laughs> you know, you know it's it's a very good point. And even just being in you know what I would deem a, a garage band, a basement band, you know, we played out bars and things like that for for quite a while. But um, not doing it like as a profession, not having your living be on the line, it's amazing how you still have those conflicts. Like you say, we joke about those. VH1 behind the music series saying, geez, we, we have our own behind the music series and story too. It's kind of, kind of funny that way. Yeah. You know, in, in some ways, and, 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 and as you know, I, I've kind of lived on both sides of that world. Um, uh, I have less fun now, uh, than I did when, you know, music was more of a, I guess I would call it a sideline. Um, because there wasn't so much on the line, I guess, you know? Yeah, I'm sure the pressure must add to it and kind of making a living at it. It's what we always joke about. I also play recreational golf, and I say I can't imagine these golfers where every shot and every putt is, is worth money, and, you know, you don't make that shot and you don't eat this week kind of a thing, you know, whereas we're just playing for fun. Um, but the same thing with the music. We kind of took a break from it for a couple of years. Our guitar player... Uh, started writing his own things and, and doing stuff in the studio and then we just in the past two years kind of got back together again and i think there's a new appreciation when we get together that you don't take this for granted you don't know how many more years we're all going to be living in the same area and, and playing together and uh you know it's 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 been a lot of fun but it's uh you know it's challenging at the same time as you say but then uh there, there's nothing like it when the creative forces come together and you create something new out of nothing or you get up and play in front of an audience that's that's very appreciative and receptive there's there's no greater feeling than that no that's uh that is true and that's why i guess a, a lot of us get wedded to this whole thing there is uh something that other people don't excuse me really 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 experience I, i'm kind of interested craig in 
what skills you bring to music that you feel are skills that you have in the business world? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, well, again, there's preparation. You have to be organized. Uh, we all in the band bring different pieces to it. You know, our, our drummer definitely is the most enthusiastic uh, and our guitarist is probably the most skilled on his instrument and professional. So you look for ways to contribute to the group. So I always tried to be the one that was organizing the set lists, making sure our singers had the lyric sheets that they needed or whatever, um, lining up the shows that we were doing, being in contact with whoever the sound person was. So you look for ways to kind of round out the team and fill it. But um, being prepared is definitely the number one. I mean, you never want to go play a show when you're you're not prepared. The practice and, and the time you put into it is, is extremely important. Same thing with the corporate world in, in terms of preparing budgeting, reporting, whatever you're doing, planning a campaign. Uh, there, there's a lot of work that goes in before I would, will say even launching a campaign, which is, you know, the, the equivalent of showtime. Yes. Uh, yeah. So a, a lot of work goes into it before anybody even sees that product. And uh, I, I have a great team at work as well, too. And I think it's very similar. And we all try to fill a different niche and make sure that we've got the, the entire operation covered and i think that that teamwork is is something very similar to being in a band well my my compliments because i would rather work with someone like you than uh the typical typical musician when i say typical i'm talking about now nah, I'm, I'm so great that don't worry about it you know i'll i'll do the seat of my pants and we'll be fine uh it usually doesn't turn out that fine so uh <laughs> you you have the right idea believe me yeah, and, and, you know, it's fine to have some of that, I think, in there. You, it's a nice balance of the creativity, and we've worked with some really amazing people on vocals in the past, and uh, just a quick story, our very first singer was, was somebody that actually had a professional background, and he was a friend of our guitar player, and uh, when the guitarist suggested he come check us out just having a rehearsal session, he kind of came as a favor and thought it would be a goof, and, you know, who are these guys playing down there, and he actually was very impressed with our performance and said, you know, I'd like to be part of this. So um, just like I say, an amazingly talented person, but it, it helped that we had some structure. And I think if there were four people with his personality, it would definitely all fall apart. So everybody brings something different. Well, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to picture three corporate executives. Uh, uh, it sounds like three leaders. Is that, uh, is that the way it works? Uh, it, it does. But again, I think, uh, you know, you, you kind of, like you said, you've seen it in bands before. You've got the alpha. You've got the most creative. You've got the one who thinks their ideas. I do think because of the corporate that there is some give and take. And having worked on teams in a professional environment, you do see a lot of alphas even in, in a corporate setting. So uh, I do think we're able to kind of speak our minds and choose our moments, I'll say, but then also realize when it's time to back off and let somebody else take the reins in a certain area. Um, but, you know, when we just would get together and jam, it's amazing the different things that would come out of it. And, uh, you know, that creativity is, it's, it's quite a rush when, when it actually all happens and comes together like that. You know, it's, it's a funny thing because the music world could use more of this. And I'll, and I'll tell you why when you're in the corporate world, you just don't let your emotions fly. 
You know, you just don't sit there and say, hey, you're a jerk, you know, or hey, I hate your idea. <laughs> uh, you, you find ways to try to bring people along with you. And if they don't come along, you're okay with it. And I, and I think that in bands, more musicians could learn that strategy. And if you've never been in that world, of course, I think it's a little harder. Um, sometimes I, I will tell you that musicians look at me like I've got two heads because of where I come from. Uh, I'm used to that, that give and take. And I'm also used to telling it, you know, no, we need, we need more work on that. You know, I'm, I'm used to doing that kind of thing. Results oriented, I guess I would say. Yeah. And, and I would agree that, you know, people probably do look at you a little bit differently. I, I know just telling friends and family members that we're doing this, we're putting a show on, we want you to come out and see us. And they all assume because you have a full nine to five job, a career that, boy, you guys are going to stink. And then it's, it's always funny to see them come up at intermission to us and go, oh my gosh, you guys are good. Like they thought, you know, it was going to be the total opposite, but uh, it, it, it can be, um, you know, tougher, I guess, being in a corporate setting uh, one time in particular, trying to get a show uh, locally to where I work, I happen to be on my lunch hour. And of course I'm dressed in my suit, uh, you know, as, as you are known as the suit. <laughs> and, and when I stopped in to talk about, uh, booking us, um, he's kind of looking at me funny. Like he finally said it, I knew he was waiting to say it, but he finally said, well, what kind of music do you play? So I had a little fun with it. I couldn't resist. And I said, Oh, you know, the, the usual stuff, Barry Manilow, air supply, you know, your, your bar crowd will love us. Pocus. And, yeah, and I, I saw him just kind of like look at me for a second, and I just started laughing. I said, listen, we play all the all the regular kind of bar standards you'd expect. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed. And he did give us a shot, and uh, he told us actually the next time we were going to play the show to let him know because he'd have to put another bartender on. He had so much uh, so much activity going on. But wow. when you're corporate, it's kind of nice because you could bring your crowd. You could bring the folks you work with who are really dying to see what it's all about. So that's kind of a fun little built-in audience you have. Oh, I think that I think that's great, and believe me, I I know how you feel. Um, so so first of all, uh, one thing we didn't determine here, a couple of things. Uh, what's the band's name? Uh, so the band is called Lost Hollywood, okay. and our gu guitarist is Ed Frederici, who's now retired from the corporate world. Um, but Ed is an amazing guitarist, and. Uh, he, he was discovered, I'll say, quote unquote, discovered by my friend Pete Batchelor, who's our drummer. And Pete and I grew up together. And Pete is still in corporate life uh, in Hartford. And uh, Pete's the one who brought us together with Ed. And then Ed had brought our original sick singer, Rick Olette, into the band. Um, and then Rick had his own business that he was running and really could commit to uh, going further with us for a while. So then we had another corporate person by the name of Katie Richter, who was our singer. And uh, more recently, we've had a couple new singers that um, we've been trying out and seeing where that goes with. And it's been a lot of fun. Wow, that's great. We're going to take a very quick break and then we'll be right back. The pandemic has affected our business. We are down roughly 70%. I was nervous. I was scared. When the PPP loan program was announced, the first people we reached out to were our partners at Ion Bank. We were very, very pleased to be approved through Ion Bank, and they took the time and the effort to make sure that we were going to be okay. The team at Ion Bank has just done everything possible and went above and beyond, as they always do. 
So, Craig, you, you were telling us about the band uh, and the name of the band again. Uh, the band's name is Lost Hollywood. And you have a so, CD out, correct? We, we do. We put a CD out back in 2012 um, that we worked on with Rick, our original singer. And it really just came out of a lot of jam sessions. And Ed, uh, like I say, a great guitar player, would just kind of start to play uh, some, some new ideas he'd have between songs or while we were waiting for Rick to come for rehearsal or whatever. And, of course, Pete would jump in on the drums, and I'd try to figure something out that sounded good on the bass. And after a while, we started saying, hey, we should be recording this. This is really kind of cool. And as we did, and we would start to play it back for Rick, he would kind of scat it almost like a steven tyler where he would uh, not really have words to it but he would come up with a beautiful vocal melody and, and throw in the syllables there and then i took it back and actually started to become the lyricist and that's something i had never done before but i started writing lyrics for for it and then uh after a while we decided hey let's let's put this together for us it's kind of a snapshot of where we are so that was back in 2012 and then as i mentioned um ed kind of uh went underground for a little while, stopped playing out, and Ed put together a couple more CDs uh, by himself as Lost Hollywood. So um, what is the name of the CD? Uh, so the first one was just called uh, Lost Hollywood. Um, that was just an eponymous debut thing. It's actually out there somewhere on iTunes. You can find it floating around. Um, and then Ed had some, some other works that he put together after which are are definitely heavier ed's got a, a much heavier uh taste and influence um in his writing skills and mm -hmm. i say in his writing skills because i'm also kind of a heavy fan as well of, of all different genres of rock but uh, i i appreciate the heavy stuff as well uh but ed did those on his own um those were were his own creations well you know you're gonna find um i don't know are you rehearsing now we are um, off and on. I mean, COVID's made it very tough. Um, that's what. I, that's why I was asking because you you are going to find uh, a different world. Uh, as you know, the music <laughs> the music business is about. Well, first of all, to call the music business a business is a misnomer because making money in the music business is is very very difficult. Uh, as you know, and you know, it's, it's almost like every time you turn around, something happens. I'll give you a great example. You know, you take your, your CDs, right? And you got them and you take them to shows and people start coming up and say, well, my car doesn't have a CD player. And you just say one more nail in the coffin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and now, uh, you know, for a gig example I had, uh, and I'm, I'm not alone. Uh, I had, a a show ready to go, a tour to go to uh, uh, China uh, right as COVID hit. And China is oh, wow. not a place you wanted to go. And, you know, I, I, as you and I were talking offline, uh, I've interviewed some folks from Grand Funk and Rascals and, and Hall and & Oates. John, John Oates has a brand new album out. And they're all saying the same thing. They're home. You know, that's what they're doing. So you're going to see... The, huff, the club scene, even the local club scene, is going to change dramatically uh, when this 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 new world that we have kind of opens up again, which, you know, it's going to be a while, I think. I, I do, too, and I am very excited for that. It, it was interesting to see how some artists were, were kind of working new ways and doing things virtually. And I, I live out in Litchfield County, and in Morris, they had uh, – 
the shows there on, on the farm, which were, were quite successful mm-hmm. this year. Um, but everything's social distance and limited tickets. And, you know, we've, we've, like I say, even just rehearsing, you know, we make sure we've got our distance from each other. And yeah. it's yeah. so different now. Well, I rehearse, so uh, I rehearse weekly with a, with a group because we're putting together another album. And, uh, at first we were just social distance. And then I, I said, you know what, well, we're going to have to wear our masks because we're hooting and hollering and, you know, it just, it, you just can't be safe. So here we are, you know, we're in the same building, but uh, all wearing all wearing masks. I, I will tell you, though, it, it could be a benefit to the local bands. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, I, I definitely wish you well with that. I would love to come and hear you guys. And uh, I'd, I'd love to come to rehearsal one of these days. And We'd love to have you. Kind of sit in and... Uh, you can kind we've, of hear an old guy play. If, uh, oh, absolutely. We 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 love uh, having audience participation. I, I can't tell you how many times at a show uh, we've had somebody come up and jump behind the drum kit or somebody sing with us. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our most recent one, our host was uh, a guitarist who came up and played a couple songs with us at the end and just kind of a jam session. That's the thing we've always really loved doing is just kind of having fun with the music. Um, it's always a blast to rehearse. It's what we do. You know, we're not in a bowling league or a softball league or anything. We play in a band. So that's kind of our social outlet, hanging out with the guys. And we've had friends over to, to hang out while we play and, and join us. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a really good time. It's a social thing. We've been lucky enough to play with some other great area local bands. And the, the community is just so welcoming. And friendly, and that's the thing I've been trying to encourage. When I run into somebody, a vendor I spoke with this morning was telling me how he took up the guitar now, and I was talking to him about that's so great. And you see the numbers with COVID that keyboard sales have tripled, guitar sales have doubled. Uh, a lot of people are, are learning an instrument and picking it up, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, just what I need, Craig. More competition. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let, let's kind of go into the future a little bit. Um, you, you obviously have a key position at Ion Bank, uh, being a, a senior VP. What does the future look like for you? For us at the bank or for uh, me personally? No, 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 for you personally. Well, Ion Bank's a tremendous place to work. It's it's the third bank that I've worked for now, and, and hopefully my last. I, I plan to work here till retirement. My boss knows that, uh, our president, Dave Rotatori. Um, Dave's actually been a huge supporter of the band uh, playing shows before. He's, he's asked me to get us together for, for uh, kind of employee morale, which has been great to see all my coworkers out there uh, letting off some steam. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun. But um, you know, the bank is, is doing really well. It's been a challenging year for, for everybody, for so many people with this right. economy. Uh, but the bank has actually had a very strong year, and we're very proud that we've been able to help support a lot of local businesses and, and keep people going through these times. What, uh, what do you see as a board member uh, for the palace going forward? Well, on the Palace side, that's that's been much tougher. Unfortunately, it hasn't been a good year for the Palace or, or any other performing arts centers. Um, we're doing the best we can as a board of directors and trying to pe- keep people um, communicated with in terms of where we're going, not forget about us, uh, keeping uh, support going and interest and trying to be creative and finding as many different ways as we can to really reach out and support the arts during this. But 
um, with with the health concern, there's just no way, obviously, to to have crowds together or bring people together the way it's been. And as you mentioned earlier, it's going to be quite a long time, I think, before we see that. So um, just trying to keep the ship afloat, really. Uh, the, the theater is still there and still needs to, you know, pay for everything like heat and electricity and the staff that are there maintaining it. So these things go on without any revenue coming in. You still have expenses. So it's it's been a challenge to say the least. Well, I do think that there's a light uh, at the end of the tunnel and I hope it's not a truck. <laughs> but <laughs> right. uh, I do see I do see, you know, we we've heard that we've heard that there's some. Uh, medicines that are soon to be launched and that that could be amazing and i know um, palace is just a, a beautiful theater and uh, it is gorgeous it is gorgeous this past year was our 15th anniversary since the reopening uh ironically it was also uh, ion bank's 150th anniversary as a financial institution hmm. and unfortunately for both we weren't really able to celebrate it in the way we had planned because of the pandemic now, the Palace will be celebrating 100 years of existence coming up in 2021 to 2022. So that's something we're looking forward to and we're planning for now, and we hope to be able to celebrate. I think, as you mentioned, for the local music scene, for the Palace Theater, for other performing arts centers, there's a pent-up demand for, for folks once everything kind of turns the corner and we're able to all gather again. Uh, I think it'll be wonderful to, to see the celebrations that take place. I absolutely agree with you, and, and this pent-up demand it could be, and I've spoken to some real stars on this, you know, to get people's attention this these days has is, is been difficult, let's say the last decade, been difficult, even audiences, to get their attention on one thing. We're hoping that this time away, that there'll be a reemergence of extreme interest in the arts, because when you see that you've, when you know that you've missed it for a year, and that's what it's going to be, um, you're going to just, you're, you're going to live to see a band, and you're going to live to see art on the wall, and go to a museum, and that kind of thing. So we're hoping that there's a renaissance. Absolutely, and I think so many of us have taken so many things for granted prior to the pandemic, just everyday life in, in America, in New England and Connecticut, and then in the greater Waterbury region, all the different wonderful outlets we have, the different things we can do and see. Um, and with this kind of, you know, forced um, hibernation almost, like you say, when you're finally able to go back out again, it's, it's going to be almost like looking through new eyes at everything. Let's hope. That's, that's all I can tell you. And it's all about hope. Craig, Absolutely. thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, it was really great. It was eye-opening. It's always great to hear somebody who has uh, different interests, is multidimensional, I guess. Uh, so thanks for that, Craig. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your band. Tom, my pleasure. And best of luck to you with your career. Um, as as I did a little research uh, in preparing for this call, I, I become a fan I, ah. I think your, your stuff is amazing and uh i look forward to seeing you perform as well well thank you so much i really do appreciate that well i hope you enjoyed this inaugural edition of the palace theater's concert conversations with me tom the suit force presented by ion bank if you'd like to hear more check out the palace theater's website at palacetheaterct.org 
or facebook.com slash Waterbury. If you'd like to check out my website, it's called Chasing the Blues Podcast, and it's at chasingthebluespodcast.com. We interview today's stars. Be sure to stay tuned for more stuff coming from Palace Theater's Concert Conversations with me, Tom, the Sue Fours. Have a great day, and be sure to wear that mask.